Welcome to Bible Studies for Life Adult Podcast. I am Lynn Pryor, and my co-host is Chris Johnson. Chris, how are things this week going for you? Hey, things are great. Looking forward to today. Well, I am too, because uh, in Bible Studies for Life, we typically do you know Bible studies that are six weeks, sometimes seven weeks. But this is a special focus session, and it's uh, for a special reason. Uh, we are doing a study that's tied to sanctity of human life. And so we're going to be in a study that's called Created for a Purpose. Uh, going to be looking at a passage in Jeremiah. Uh, but we're doing this because, again, because of sanctity of human life. And so when we were initially setting this up, Chris, I had one guy on my mind that I thought I would love to have to write this, and he agreed to do it. And that is Dan Darling. Uh, Dan is with us on the podcast today. So, Dan, thank you for joining us. Well, it's a privilege to be here with you guys and uh, love the work that you're doing and, and uh, enjoy, enjoy working with, uh, with Lifeway and all the amazing work and, and things that you produce. Well, thank so, you. Yes, and, and you do great Dan, work. Dan, you've done, you've done several things for us. And one of the things as an editor that I appreciate about you is you're, you're hard to edit. <laughs> you write very clean and it's hard to find places to jump in and find just a word or two. If we've got a copy fit issue, uh, it, 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 that's a good problem to have. We love it when we have writers like yourself uh, that are difficult to edit. Right. Well, that makes me, me feel good. I, I, I enjoy writing. I've been writing since I was, you know, in uh, like middle school, essentially. Um, I like good editors. I mean, I, I really appreciate editors. When I finish something, I feel like, okay, I've gotten it about 70% of the way, this is, this is as good as I can do it, but someone needs to, to take it the rest of the way and polish it. And so I appreciate great editing. And <laughs> it's, it's um, when I talk to young writers, you know, I tell them to really try to do um, curriculum and um, Bible studies and things like this, because it's, it's actually harder than it that people think. <laughs> yes, be, it is. To be concise and to really, you know, it, it's, it, it's easier to just write a rambling blog post or something. It's harder to write a really concise and good piece of curriculum. But the thing is that I love is that the curriculum you produce is going to millions of people and the impact you can have by writing and being part of curriculum is just profound. It is, and uh, I appreciate that from you, Daniel. Now, uh, more than just writing for our Bible study, you have written other things. And at the end of our podcast, I want to come back and talk about one of the books you've recently written. But, Dan, let's just talk for a moment. You are with the National Religious Broadcasters. Mm -hmm. uh, tell us about your, your work with them. Yeah, so I, I was at ERLC for about six and a half years, loved it. I was VP of Communications, had a great run there. We just did some really cool things. And this is a great opportunity. Uh, the NRB is um, really th uh, the largest association of Christian communicators. So you think of uh, Christian TV and radio. So if you listen to Christian radio, whether it's on K-Love or it's on Moody Radio or Bot Radio sure. or Salem, uh, they're all members, um, Christian TV, uh, big Christian ministries, you know, that uh, are doing radio and TV ministry, like people we love, like Dr. David Jeremiah or Nancy Lita Moss, Alice Trebeg, those folks. And then also a lot of folks doing really good digital work, podcasters and people doing streaming. And, and, and you podcast yourself, is that correct? I do, yeah. And so we're, we're just a, an association of Christian communicators trying to figure out, you know, how do we communicate well? And then also some advocacy on making sure that we, you know, the airwaves and the, the platforms are open for 
for uh, free speech. So it's, it's, it's a really great, great opportunity. I appreciate you uh, doing that and appreciate you taking that calling on. Um, so let's just kind of jump into our study here. Um, we are in a study called Created for a Purpose. Um, we're going to be looking in the book of Jeremiah. It's actually the opening uh, few verses of the book of Jeremiah. And here's our focus we want to think about. God values each of us and created us for a purpose. Now, as we get into this, we're going to see that is the case with Jeremiah. I mean, it's going to be pretty clear in these opening verses that God valued Jeremiah. He created Jeremiah for a purpose. But we want to turn that around and see how it applies to us. And even more so, we also want to see how it applies to people that are often forgotten or overlooked, the unborn, the aged, uh, so those people that might have disabilities. Uh, so let's just kind of jump into this as we look into Jeremiah. Um, let me start, if you guys will. I mean, let me just read Jeremiah 1, verse 5, where, where God said, I chose you before I formed you in the womb. I set you apart before you were born. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Now, guys, let me just ask you this question. Does God set all of us apart before we're born? Well, yes, I think he does. I mean, this is, this is one of the, you know, when, when God is giving this to this hard and strange calling to Jeremiah that you're, you're going to basically go be a preacher to people who don't want to hear. You're going to be a prophet to people who don't want to listen. Um, and, you know, I think most people would not want to hear, hey, this is going to be your calling and you're not going to be very successful at it, but this is what I want you to do. <laughs> um, this is really, I don't see a ton of that in the self-help books and the, in the success manuals. Uh, but what it is interesting. He says that before you were formed in the womb, I knew you. I mean, it's, it, it speaks, I think both to God's transcendence mm -hmm. um, that, that God knows us before we're born. Um, he knows our end from our beginning. It also speaks to our, the fact that we're finite, that we're human and we're not our own gods. We're not in the center of our own lives. So God, yeah, we were formed and created and we we're known uh, before, before we were born. I, I think it also gives personhood. It, it, it lets us know that personhood and being human is not at all dependent on what we produce or how fully, you know, what our talents are, what we can offer, or, you know, we're not only, we're not just human when we're at the apex of our ability you know when we're at the whatever that sweet spot in terms of our ages where we have it where everything's firing on all cylinders right. that we have personhood when we're at our most vulnerable when our weakest in fact god, god gives us person almost before we're conceived that you know so that's a really important thing to understand you know for us we all have a uh are involved in ministry and have had a sense of calling in our lives, which makes us uh, somewhat unique. We, we, we come to a passage like this uh, with some experience from the, the, that whole perspective of God saying, this is something that I have for you to do. And not everyone has um, what, what we have as far as that sense of divine calling from God, that this is uh, an assignment or a task that we have. At the same time, this is an every man kind of passage. How do we how do we help people mm -hmm. make that connection? I mean, I think it's really important. Um, 
And I'm glad you said that. You know, calling, typically, those of us who have been in ministry, we talk about it more, we feel it more. Like I felt the call into ministry. So, you know, mm-hmm. I've pastored, I've been a writer, I've worked for Christian ministries. I just have always felt it. Um, but I really do believe that calling is not just for those who are, quote, in ministry. It's not just for those who get a paycheck from a 501c3. Uh, calling right. is for everybody. Uh, the thing about it is, is we don't all have a direct divine call like Jeremiah did. You know, that was a special moment, a special time. He's a prophet. Some of us have felt, you know, the moment we're called into ministry. For a lot of people, it's kind of a process, right? Where, yes, you know, you have talents and gifts and opportunities and you're, you know, you're following those. And then you kind of look back and say, you know, God led me this way. Other people are telling you, I think you're good at this. You kind of figure out what you're good at and you kind of do it with, I think Frederick Buechner said, you know, where, where your talents and opportunities and the world's greatest needs meet, that's where your calling is. Hmm. But I, I want to stress to that everybody that's a Christian has a calling. Um, the, the, my dad is a retired plumber. And his work, doing good work, is a calling. And honestly, you under, we, we get this, right? If you have an issue with plumbing at your house and you need a plumber, you quickly realize, thank God someone was called to be a plumber, <laughs> right? Yes. Or, or anything like that. So I do think everybody can read that passage and say, you know, what is God calling me to? Or, or look back and say, God has really called me into this. And, you know, Dan, since you mentioned that, I think that is a valuable thing as groups are together to talk about that mm. and maybe to go around the room and, and say, I, I see how God uses you in this way. Uh, because sometimes people will see it in us before we see it in ourselves. That We really do have ways God uses each one of us in his kingdom. Uh, now, for some people, as you said, it's obvious. Others, it's not. But I think that's a valuable thing for them to talk about, to see that idea that they all have value. Now, that, what I, that's I, I exactly wanna, right. Yeah. Let me press this on, too. As we look into verses 6 to 8, we see that God has called gives each one of us a purpose. But what I like in the verses 6 to 8 is kind of build on that, that God is with us to carry out that purpose. Uh, here's what the Lord said to Jeremiah. Do not say, I am only a youth. Uh, for if you if you've for you will go to everyone I send you to and speak whatever I tell you. Do not be afraid of anyone, and this is what I love, for I will be with you to rescue you. Uh, just that beauty, that fact that God is with us. Yeah, I, 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 I like what you said first about groups um, because I really strongly believe that we find our calling in community. Mm-hmm. And as you said, we don't even know ourselves, honestly. Um, others around us say, man, I see how you do that. You do good work. Or, you know, they, they could just kind of see us. And, and in group life, in small group life, that's one of the beauties of, of small group life is that we are kind of working this out together, um, talking about our own experiences, encouraging each other. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's, that's, that's really vital. And the idea, as you said, that God is with us. You know, it's one thing to say, here's my calling. It's another thing to say, 
God has called me to this, and then God will also equip me. And that's the promise he made to Jeremiah. You're called to something that's bigger than you. You can't handle it, but I will be with you. Uh, I heard um, uh, Henry Blackaby, he wrote in his book, Experiencing God. And I, wrote, I read this like years ago, and it was something that was so profound for me when he said that God purposely calls us to things bigger than ourselves, so we depend on him. <laughs> and I think that's what God, what God is getting at with Jeremiah here. Uh, exactly right. He just, he saw himself as a, as he said, a youth, you know, who am I to do this? And God comes right back and says, Hey, you, you don't, don't raise those questions. I will be with you. I appreciate the fact that Dan, you mentioned um, in, in the uh, content that you wrote that God, uh, it's not just that he's with us, but he will give us the words that he will speak through us. And it's a, you did a good job of reminding us that the work and the role of the Holy spirit in the believer's life is to be there to put those words in our mouths when we get when he gives us those opportunities he's going to give us the words it's very clear in regard to persecution jesus said when when these things happen uh don't worry about it i got you i'll I'll give you the words that you need to speak but that also holds true in other other arenas and other times in our lives yeah it, it is um that you know the fact that he'll be with us um his presence goes with us uh this is a good reminder, not just when we're overwhelmed as Jeremiah was, but actually when we're doing well, when we're riding high and we're in our middle of our gifting and we're just rolling, um, that you're only here because God is with you. Um, you're only here because God has given you this. This is really important for us in this age too, where, you know, you can have a platform, you can have some success in the Christian world, whatever that looks like. And then just realizing this is all given by God. This is all a stewardship uh, this is all empowered by the spirit and this is not, this is not me manufacturing this. Yeah. Um, I think that's so important. I appreciate your humility in that. And uh, we could use a lot more of that. Yeah. Uh, wise words for all of us to, to remember it's, we are where we are because of God. And even those who may not feel like they've got a platform or a voice or anyone, they they may not think they have any influence to remember that they do have that influence because God is with them. God is working through them. Even in the most minute ways, God works. Hey guys, let me wrap this up with, a, with this one question because I, I, this is a wonderful passage about Jeremiah and his call, but let's bring it back to this issue of the sanctity of human life. For most of our groups, uh, most of you listening will probably be doing this on the Sunday uh, that is that we designate as Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. So let's just kind of talk this through. How does this passage address sanctity of human life? Well, I mean, I think first of all, it tells us uh, that uh, human life is sacred from the very beginning that the most vulnerable among us um, at the earliest stages of life are human beings. Like God names Jeremiah before he's born. He names Jeremiah in the womb. He has a name, not a fetus, not a clump of cells. Um, it, 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 there, there's a, there's human life there that is infinite and that is value. value. It's interesting too, that he names Jeremiah apart from his mother that hmm. you yourself are are a human being as, as a as a as a unborn baby who already has a plan from god and already has been shaped by 
God and has a future um, and is accountable to God. I think that's so important and, and really should shape our, our ethics, the way we see human life, that it's God doesn't value Jeremiah in the womb because Jeremiah is at his peak of performance of being an adult. He values him because he's an image bearer. He's a, he's a human being made in the image of God. Um, that's really important for us. You know, it, I think it shapes why mm. we w- will say why, why we're pro-life, why we're, you know, we advocate for the unborn. Wow. Thank you. That's, that's great. I want to thank you for listening to us. Dan, thank you for being with us today and giving us the opportunity to hear your heart. And it's always, always a valuable time when we actually get to hear directly from the author of one of our, our studies. So thank you for taking the time to do this. Uh, to those of you who are listening to our podcast, thanks for listening. Uh, if you'll hang on for just a minute, we want you to hear about Dan's book that he and Lynn are going to talk about. Then I will come back and give you uh, uh, maybe some things that will help you as you prepare for the Sanctity of Human Life uh, uh, session uh, that's coming up. So you guys, uh, we're, we're going to talk about uh, Dan's book. Dan, when did you write this book and what is, it, what is the name of it? So the book is Away With Words, Using Our Online Conversations for Good. This is with B&H, so staying all in the family here. Um, <laughs> And uh, it's really about how do we steward our, our words online. It's not just a book saying, hey, everybody be nice uh, on social media, which I am saying that. <laughs> but it's more or less, what does the Bible say about our words? Um, it's interesting. The, the Christian, Christianity is a religion of words. Uh, God sure. spoke the world into existence and creation. He gives us the word of God. Um, He's a communicating God. He created us as communicating beings above the rest of creation. Jesus is the logos, the word of God. Um, And so God cares not just that we're on the right side of issues, but also that we, he cares about the words we use and uh, the language we use. And so I really kind of talk through how do we steward our words in an age where it's very easy to communicate. It's never been easier to publish, right? You can, a few taps of your, thumbs or a few strokes on the keyboard and you can send a message to the world. I think it's an exciting age and I don't think God wants us to, you know, go back to the 1950s or suddenly become Amish or something like that. Well, Dan, I think this book is, is, is valuable. Yeah. It's valuable to think about how we steward our words because I'm sure you guys know these people too, that there's people that they're just nice and they're gracious folks. I love having conversations, Mm -hmm. but then you read a Facebook post from them or something on Twitter that just, mm. it's scathing the things they say. Uh, and it just, wait a minute, is this the same person? But there's something about getting online. A lot of people just don't think about the words they use. And it may be what they're saying is spot on correct, but there's no graciousness in it. There's no, uh, it's, it's just, it's, it, it just sounds more hate-filled than anything. So I'm excited you have this book out just to remind us how we use our words does matter. So, yeah, it's, it, it's so true. I mean, God really cares about the words we use and we're accountable for them. You know, sometimes Christians feel like if I'm on the right side of an issue, it doesn't matter how I say it. Uh, but that's not true. God cares about what we say. Um, James says, let everyone be slow to speak, quick to listen, slow to anger. Um, I think we might say, let everyone be quick to get the whole story, slow to post slow to internet rage. Um, <laughs> That's we great. also forget, I think, that 
we're going to be accountable for every idle word. So the words we use online uh, matter. And, uh, you know, it's not like some other force field where we can just kind of act however we want. Uh, I think those words really matter. And, and we're still Christians when we go on Facebook and we go on Twitter and we have a witness before the world. And so how do we do that? Well, and, and that's, that's sort of what I'm trying to encourage in this book. Right. And I talk about a lot of other things like cancel culture and talk about, you know, Instagram influencers and, and um, you know, discernment versus discernment bloggers and all kinds of controversial topics. So hopefully right. hopefully Thanks. it'll be helpful. If you want to know more about this, uh, go to DanielDarling.com, DanielDarling.com, and you can read about the book. And, uh, of course, you can get it at most, uh, most book retailers. Uh, but you'll see some good information about the book there. Daniel, thank you for sharing that with us. Well, thank you uh, for having me. And I just want to, again, commend uh, the amazing work you're doing. Uh, the curriculum that you write is impacting people, and you don't even see it. You know, churches are doing this for their small groups and people are, lives are being changed in a way that we'll only see till we get to heaven. So thanks. Bravo on all that. Okay. So uh, we've, we've made reference to the fact that this session is uh, our sanctity of human life uh, lesson. And uh, so I, I just want to speak to those of you who are hearing this, if you're a leader or if you're a participant in a Bible study like this, um, I want to just remind you that this is a passionate issue for a lot of people and we just need to be mindful of that um there's also a small subset of people who are saying to themselves we're talking about this again <laughs> so just be aware of those folks as well and and be mindful of them and you may be the person who will need to negotiate the difference between that very passionate person about sanctity of human life, especially abortion uh, topics and people who really uh, would rather talk about anything else uh, when they gather for Bible study. The other thing that I want you to be aware of is that I want you to be sensitive to the people in your uh, group who, who may be silent and may be carry some deep, hurts because of this issue in their lives mm -hmm. and just be sensitive. Uh, I, I want to encourage you because you've been a part of this um, podcast to especially be in prayer for your group session as you head to this, uh, this week's study that you'll pray. If you're the leader that you'll, that you'll prayerfully prepare. Uh, this is one of those great passages. It's evergreen. It's one of those, it's one of those passages we can go to a lot. Lot and, and, and speak to a lot of different things, but it, it speaks directly to this issue. Uh, so uh, it, it, it's a powerful, it's a powerful message, no matter, no matter what. Um, but just be mindful of people who may be silent, who, who maybe have uh, um, dealt with, with the issue of abortion in their, in their life in the past, or, or maybe they, they know someone who uh, is dealing with some of these kind of issues in the present and making decisions. So just pray for wisdom and discernment and for God's spirit to be at work uh, in this session. Uh, I think this can be an opportunity for, for your group uh, to really minister to one another uh, in how you go about this. And you can be a vital part of that by preparing and praying and, um, 
especially praying for leaders and praying for each person who's a part of the session. Pray more for this session than, than you probably do for most of the ones that you're involved with, with, with your small group. Thanks, Chris. That's what was on my heart. Thanks for letting me share. Hey, thank you all for listening. I'm grateful for uh, Lynn and for Dan and for uh, him being with us today. And we're just uh, excited about this opportunity to see what God's going to do as we gather uh, to study God's word. Thanks for being a part of the Bible Studies for Life adult podcast this week and hope that you'll join us again in the future.